Thank you for joining us today for another episode of Rebuilding the Black Family with your hosts, Carl Lewis and David Grin. Today on Rebuilding the Black Family, we'll be addressing the subject of black maternal health. And allow me first to refer you to a passage which speaks to the beauty of human creation. It's Psalms 139, three verses says this, Even the darkness hides nothing from you, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. For you did form my inward parts. You did knit me together in my mother's womb. I will confess and praise you for you are fearful and wonderful and for the awful wonder of my birth. Wonderful are your works and that my inner self knows right well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being formed in secret and intricately and curiously wrought as if embroidered with various colors in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and in your book all the days of my life were written before ever they took shape, when as yet there was none of them. That's Psalms 139, verse 12 to 16. So David, David Grant is going to introduce us to our guest for today's program. It's a pleasure to be here with uh, an esteemed guest and also a good friend of mine, Princilia Babwa. I'm going to read Princilia's uh, very nicely crafted bio. Um, and of course, you know, big her up at the end since she was my classmate in my master's program. Um, so Princilia is a perinatal social worker with a master's degree in social work. While in grad school, she wrote a research paper with a focus on the experiences of how black immigrant women accessed maternal health services in the city of Toronto. She's currently working at Taibu Community Health Center, which is a... Uh, initially was supposed to be a Afrocentric or a black focused mental health or, or community health center, but has now been one that has just helped the greater Scarborough area in Toronto. Um, and of course, Priscilla, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but she is currently working at Taibu Community Health Center with the Scarborough Perinatal Support Network. She's passionate about black maternal health and hopes to bring more awareness to the challenges faced by black women, parents, and the community during the perinatal period. And might I say, this is a woman who may appear to be reserved, may appear to be quiet, but she's brilliant, but she's very knowledgeable, and she's just such a kind and joyful person that I am so happy is here today with me to have a conversation about this very important topic. So thank you, Princilia, for, for being here to speak with us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, Taibu is uh, focused on the, the black community. Um, the in the greater t Toronto area. Yeah. Um, and then helping anyone that does live in the Malvern area. Okay. So, yep, yep, yeah, for sure. Okay, great. So I was on point. Yeah. Okay, beautiful. <laughs> so um, we're going to be talking about black maternal health today. Yes. Which is something that clearly you're passionate about. You've written about it. You work in it. And, you continue, and you're, you're still working in it. It's not like you're just only historically working. You're currently working in it. Yeah. So I have a couple questions I want to definitely... You know, I want to pick your brain. I want to be able to have a, a, a discussion with this because I think our viewers, our listeners, there's a lot of, there's probably a lot of questions about this that I don't think people may have had the opportunity to ask. I want to read a segment from an article uh, just to really help set the tone 
Um, I'm going to pull it up right now. I haven't even favored it. Um, the article is called, for those who want to look at it on CBC, Why Doctors Want Canada to Collect Better Data on Black Maternal Health. Mm. This was written in June 23rd, 2021. All right. Just to show how recent this is. Yeah. All right. So in general, uh, and I'm just going to the section that I want to read. In general, there's not much data, you yeah. would say. Right, yeah. Prince I mean, there's little to none on black maternal. There isn't. Right. Yeah. When I was writing um, my research paper, mm-hmm. it I had a really hard time finding uh, like research specific to the Canadian experience, like for for, for black, black women. women. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot more research in the states mm. about th- mm-hmm. that experience. So of even like writing my paper. Yeah. Uh, it was really hard. Of course. Uh, yeah. To just to write it and then even to get participants for the paper it yep. was it was really hard and so uh, i'm not surprised that it continues to be that and that um this article was written yeah uh to try to to get more um to get more research because it is important like we can't create programs based on um i guess this one size fits all yeah of. from the american context yeah, yeah exactly and yeah so um we need it from here, from the people who are trying to access healthcare here. And Very so um, if th- I think that's why we are probably having challenges to create programs and to have people try to access them because mm. we don't know their experiences or they are sharing their experiences, but we're not really putting programs in because there's no research out there so mm. yep yeah. no very good very, and when I, man you already started the conversation off <laughs> nicely we're we're gonna get right into it because i have some questions some follow-up with that um so this section of the article is called is said to it's called invisible neglected and disrespected so toronto resident uh Kamitra ashman right so this is again in the article says she felt that she was ready to give birth earlier than 40 weeks of gestation a time frame more common in white women according to, I guess, previous research. But she said she was dismissed, even though black women often have shorter gestation periods. She later ended up being induced. As she quotes, I do not believe it would have ended in an emergency cesarean or C-section had they listened to me when I said at 37 weeks, my body feels right, my pelvis is opening up, what do I do? I was directed, oh, no, 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 it's too early, go put your feet up. The emergency cesarean surgery left her with a keloid, a type of raised scar more common on black and dark skin, which can sometimes be avoided with the right surgical technique. I believe if their training had sensitized them to the unique needs of a black woman's pregnancy, I feel the situation would have been avoided, she said. Instead, she faced two years of not having sensation and a raised scar that's very painful. Wow. When you hear... Let me actually pull up my questions as well, um, even though I feel like we're going to even have a conversation <laughs> without that. When you hear this story, when you hear this uh, this lady, Kamitri, and you hear about that, does it remind you of patients or clients that you've worked with? Uh, is this uh, things that you heard even when you research, when you were talking to the different participants um, during that process um, or similar? It, like hearing that, uh, it does remind me of like experiences that I've heard uh, where like black women specifically aren't being uh, heard in their experience, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's specific to like their mental health during a pregnancy Mm -hmm. or just their like physical uh, pregnancy. Yeah. And so it's challenging because they're 
trying to advocate for their health, mm-hmm. but they're not being heard. Mm. They're being dismissed. Mm. And so um, that's why I think a lot more black women are seeking more representation yeah. in their care because they're like, maybe if it's somebody that looks like me, yeah. then they'll understand when I say, I need this. They'll have more care, yeah. have more interest. Yeah. yeah. Or I like... Yeah, there, there, or there might be a more of a connection because yeah. it may, it might be somebody that looks, that represents me or that's in my community mm-hmm. because they'll they'd be like, oh, if I'm in pain, then maybe that person will will know that I'm I am in pain. Yeah. Like, so, it, it, yeah, okay, and you know that's a very good point that you, but because I remember I was reading uh, something, uh, I was reading an article where they had i don't know if it was an experiment or if it was just simply like if it was just a focus group but they had white resident physicians right i can't remember if they were trained to be obgyns or nonetheless but they were white resident physicians and it was that question about if you know excuse me do black women you know i guess essentially who experiences more pain there's a higher pain threshold as Mm -hmm. you should say black woman or white woman right and you know if when you when you're monitoring black women's basically pain threshold you know what you know what would you look like etc something I'm, I'm clearly probably misquoting it but nonetheless it was about understanding what is black women's pain threshold and the white resident physicians believed that black women had higher pain thresholds and therefore were not as keen to answering their um pain demands or requests so these are white resident physicians. These are people training to be doctors, yeah. right? In their ignorance are believing this, as you said, myth, right? So then it clearly uh, it clearly is a serious thing because mm-hmm. that we're talking women's lives, yeah. right? If you're having a woman who's not having her health needs believed because, well, you know, like Henrietta Lacks, for instance, in the States, I think the black woman who was experimented on while she was living mm. for to try to understand different remedies, quote unquote, for respective um, illnesses. She was tested on while she was alive because yeah. they thought, well, essentially black people aren't human beings, let alone the black woman where she can handle all that pain. Right. Um, this is where I guess some of those think- actions start to become justified. Yeah. So then that leads me into my my next question. So in your experience. What have been the experience of the black mothers with whom you've worked? Like, what have they, what have they told you? You started talking about it a bit. Um, what else have they told you about their experiences when they are pregnant, when they've, um, when they're preparing to give birth, things along those lines? Just even like lack of support. Hmm. Um, in what in what way support like, in uh, while you're you're pregnant and then like afterwards like in the postpartum stage. Mm, okay. So uh, post- period. Yeah. Postpartum period yeah yeah uh, where you know postpartum depression can happen yes, postpartum yes. anxiety mm-hmm. um i used to work with mothers who experienced postpartum depression correct yeah that's part of the program oh the perinatal yeah. is part yeah. of also adhering to the postpartum yeah i see and okay so, that's good um having that lack of support or that lack of community mm-hmm. is is hard because now you're um you have to take care not only of yourself but mm-hmm. of like a child or if yeah, there's more children like oh yeah uh so that support is a big part of like taking care of your m- mental health and overall well-being yes of course and so um i think that's a that's definitely a common thing mm-hmm. that i hear about is mm-hmm. just lack of support yeah um and doing things 
by yourself. Hmm. Um, and so just... And so this is not just even before or after that you give birth. Would you say that that lack of support is also present during their pregnancy? Yeah. Oh, You shoot. start to see rela- different relationships like just change. Hmm. Um, whether it's whether it's family, whether it's friendships, whether it's um, like partners, like it just, yeah, it changes. Wow. It, it's reflective of like sort of the society that we live in. It's very focused on the individual. Mm, very good. Whereas like, I think we come from, a, from communities that are about community. Well, exactly. Yeah. And so exactly. um, it, it's, it's difficult to, to see that because you see how like, big of an impact that is um on their mental health specifically yeah of course um the isolation yeah because yeah. now it's like okay now i have to juggle mm-hmm. all these different things mm-hmm. and like my mental health gets put on the back burner it's not a, it, yeah. it doesn't become a priority yeah. per se because i have to do all these different things yeah. to take care of myself yeah and and um my child yes of course and maybe other people in my life mm. um and so, it, yeah, just learning different things around, like, figuring out that the support part. Mm. Um, and that's, I guess that's, that's a big one. Which is, which yeah. is hard. Yeah. Um, and, and then another one is just talking about postpartum depression, mm. uh, which I think is another one where um, within the black community i don't think we talk about a lot it's postpartum hmm. depression postpartum depression it's kind of that like hush yeah yep like. yep no exactly <laughs> no exactly it is that hush hush because you know i and correct me if i'm wrong does it go back to that notion of the strong black woman where well you just gave birth and it's like as much as we want to big you up that, wow, you just brought life into this world. Black women are so strong and, and all of that. Do they almost have to uphold this persona of remaining strong? Yeah. Although as from what you're saying, from your experiences, some of these women are crying behind the scenes, right? Because they're isolated, because they, um, you know, they're still recovering physically, let alone mentally. Maybe, you know, maybe it's a shock that they are now a mother, right? And maybe they don't have people to talk about that experience with per se. Would you say some of that contributes? And there's almost that dichotomy where it's like, yes, I'm a strong black woman, but also I am also strong in my in my weakness, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that their mothers or like our mothers maybe didn't speak to us about things like postpartum depression and hmm. probably did go through it. Yes. I, I'm 100% sure they yeah. did. Yeah, of course. Um, but didn't talk to us about it. Mm. And so now we're going through it. Yes. And it's kind of like we don't have the space to maybe talk about it hmm. because it's, again, the whole mental health stigma. Yeah. Um, it's like you have this baby. Yeah. Now, like, take care of it. Yeah. Um, or be happy about it. Mm, you're supposed to be happy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like just you're supposed to be happy. You had yep. a baby. Like this yep. is what you wanted. Or like mm-hmm. you know, um, take responsibility. Like all these different things that sort of come with like motherhood. Yeah. Um, that you're supposed to look like, and then with like the age of social media, like of um, the sort of this picture of what motherhood is supposed to look like. There's mm-hmm. a lot of expectation that come with it, and so I don't think there's that space. Yeah. 
to have those conversations. So I think that's what we need more of. Yeah. And like more women need more spaces to to have these to have real conversations about Very motherhood, good. about like black motherhood. Like mm-hmm. what does that look like? Yeah. It's not always like we need to go, 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 go. Sometimes it's about like slowing down mm. and like saying like I do need to, to cry. Or yeah, yeah. To, like, um, you, you know, I need help or yeah. like, just different things like that. Yeah. Um, or I'm going through postpartum depression and like it's it doesn't mean I'm I'm weak. It's mm-hmm. just that this is a real thing that yeah. I'm going through. It's this this central theme of again lack of support. We're not just talking lack of physical support, but even lack of social support, not just in caring for the child, but even in creating a safe space where black women um, throughout the African diaspora, from what you're saying, you know, from continent to the crib, you know, to the Caribbean, even those I'm going to presume maybe even in Nova Scotia, multi-generational African Canadians, where they don't have that space to feel, if that makes sense. So they always have to be um, maintaining the strong persona and how that can detriment their overall mental health. And that leads me to my next piece in terms of uh, what happens to mothers' overall health during pregnancy and after? So you talked about the mental health piece um, as it relates to postpartum depression and things. What other maybe even physical um, health uh, changes occur during pregnancy and even after pregnancy? Um, yeah, to mothers. Um, <laughs> a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of things. I know, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Like, so... Well, I'm not like a doctor or anything, but yeah. just based on um, your experience, from what you from what like, you've seen, what I've myself been trying to learn, and just f- from hearing other women's experiences, yes. like your your body is getting ready for a human, yeah, <laughs> and so like hormonally, yeah. like your body is shifting, okay, and so um, so you're asking like how your health is impacted by it. Uh, yeah, essentially. Or even just, I mean, you're doing great in terms of just even talking about the changes because I think there's even maybe some men, um, like, you know, maybe some there, there, there's some men or some uncles or maybe even just women in general uh, who are um, anticipating this journey. Maybe they're pregnant. They're not in, mm-hmm. unaware of what changes are going to happen to their overall health. Oh, okay. Um, so when you're talking about hormonal changes, when you're talking about your body preparing for a human, that. You're on the right. That's, yeah. that's exactly okay. it. So, yeah, so like what else? Hormonal changes, like like physical changes. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, there's like symptoms that come with pregnancy. Some women might have it. Some women might not have it. Like I'll what? Do, what are like, some examples? Uh, like like nausea. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess morning sickness that could last from like the I, sometimes the first trimester or into the second trimester like it depends yeah. on like mm-hmm. um what you're dealing with yeah um i think that's why it's important to go to like prenatal appointments and stuff oh okay okay um so to try to plan to check the in. pregnancy it, those prenatal i'm assuming would be related to planning if you plan to pregnancy oh, like if you want to have a baby you mean well yeah because you're saying prenatal classes so i'm assuming those are for those who plan because you know there's the oops babies oh. right <laughs> they're the oops babies so would they be able to go to prenatal classes or? yeah oh they still get okay well that's yeah, good to so know like um going to like prenatal classes i think you could go at any time oh anytime just to pre- that's because that's just, just to, preparing to prepare um, nice okay just to 
understand what's happening with your health because there's different things that you have to do like if there's medical history mm-hmm. um with like family history yeah um depends on what like, what age you're having a baby like there's True. all these different things True. um to take care of your health like you should be eating right like mm-hmm. exercising like continue to exercise everything that you're you're normally doing for your body do for your body yep um so i would say uh yeah, your body is going to change. Yeah. And just, like, physically, because, like, you're... I remember reading that, like, um, because you're getting ready for your baby to... Your baby to develop, like, your the amount of blood you start to circulate, like, doubles or something. Oh, wow. Okay. Just so that the blood supply can, like, get the... That's why you, like, start to have... Like you get swollen and like your your veins like get bigger and stuff wow. like that because you're making double the supply yeah, for you and for, the baby for the baby. Can you imagine? And so like things like that, I was yep. reading. I was like, oh my gosh. And <laughs> m- meanwhile, you got some men still trying to uh, dictate whether a woman should give birth, whether she should abort, whether she shouldn't. Meanwhile, these women are like, have you ever <laughs> experienced pregnancy? You don't have any say <laughs> in what I do. You know what I mean? Again, that's a whole another conversation. Physical change. It is a big yeah. physical change, and we as men will never be able to even fathom what that. Like my wife went through it uh, twice, um, where she, you know, uh, had both of our kids, and I saw just the well, certainly the mental changes, but even the physical changes that just when you thought you seeing it all, you're like. Oh my gosh, no, I can't. You, I, I can't even fathom that that's actually happened. I didn't yeah. know that was a thing. So, no, what you're saying is is great, and I think you know the viewers and listeners are really going to benefit. But I want to um get you know even more into um or I want I want to start concluding now in terms of just helping the viewers and the listeners to understand how do we because you talked about really the big issues the the lack of representation and and, and especially the lack of support. Where you know black women, unfortunately, are not fe- we're not feeling they're not feeling supported in their community because community members should be rallying around them to help support them in that perinatal and I guess postpartum period, so they don't have to do things by themselves. As well as they want to feel supported by their health practitioners, ones who understand the ones who understand their culture, ones who listen to their demands. Right? Um, this is what has contributed to some of these disparities. How do we rectify this issue? Do you think of black women experiencing these disparities and challenges when giving birth and during pregnancy? And then there's another piece. Uh, what tips would you provide to mothers who are planning to have children or are pregnant regarding striving to have a healthy pregnancy? So anything you want. It's like a two-parter. It's a two-parter. I know. Look at me. I just threw it. So the first one is how do we rectify this issue? How do we okay. stop our black woman from dying during childbirth mm. or giving birth to unhealthy babies because of stress? Because of because I mean, if you're lacking support, that's going to lead to yeah. stress, things along those lines. How do we rectify the issue? What, what do you think needs to happen, in your opinion? Even baby steps. Like, What do you think yeah. are some of the first things that needs to happen? I think it's creating more spaces for women to for black women to feel like they are heard and supported Mm -hmm. um if it is like creating more programs where um you know uh if it is like within maybe it is within their own family that they don't feel that support that they can go to a, a program where they know that they will feel that support because that can go a long way with their mental and emotional 
um, health mm-hmm. um, in a pregnancy. So some like black maternal support health programs. Yeah, like more of those is more accessible. Okay, um, nice. I would say. Uh, and then, yeah, just more representation. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I think it definitely goes a long way um, when black women are feel represented yeah. in like health spaces. Yeah. So uh, they see like a, a black OBGYN or yeah. a, have a black midwife, you know, who is Congolese, who is Nigerian, who is Jamaican, whichever they can understand. You're saying that representation goes far beyond just a black face, but even in go- you're talking somebody who understands the culture, someone who understands the language, all of that. Uh, yeah. Even that. I'm black and that person is black. That I'm just trying experience. to be like empathetic to Very their experience. True. And I think that's what helps. And that's true. That might be the thing that like helps save them helps, you know? Yeah. Um, and I feel like that could go a long way. It's if true. There's more representation in, in like hospitals. True. Um, Cause I feel like there have, uh, I've heard experiences where like, um, you know, black doctors have stepped in or black mm. nurses have stepped in wow. to help black families. Yeah. Because something was going on that wasn't mm. right. And it's, it's made the difference. Yeah, it's made saying. such a big difference. Wow. So I feel like um, that's what, like another way yeah. that can help black women, black parents, black families during this um, this very... I would say like vul- it's a vulnerable stage because it like, is you know um, you're responsible for two lives yeah right and so sometimes three yeah <laughs> right yeah depending on how yeah I was about to say maybe four <laughs> there's some triplet stories uh, right but it's true yeah um so I'm gonna even add in this piece and then we can wrap up just you can even throw like two three tips in terms oh, yes, of what you tips. would yeah <laughs> what you would help uh you know a black woman who's currently pregnant right now or planning to become pregnant but just your thoughts quickly like even thirty seconds do you think that black people even black women specifically need like a black maternal health clinic. So like they have a woman's college, for instance, which we know was created essentially for white women, right? We we know, right? If you look at the history of women's college, it was essentially created for white women, right? Because naturally, you know, white women wanted to feel supported during their pregnancy, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think we need something similar for black women? Just like indigenous women, for instance, are advocating for things specific for indigenous mothers. Do you think black women need a clinic where you would... I guess be able to kill two birds with one stone in terms of having the the representation naturally, and the support. Do you think that would be something we should look into? That research should look into. That would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Because if we look at the stats in the U.S., we have we don't have any stats here, so we yeah we have to look to our our neighbors to our ma- neighbors. <laughs> but then you have the anecdotes, you have the stories, yeah, yeah. which almost are very similar yeah. to that in the states. Maybe of course, but like they have yeah. the numbers, and we're always talking about numbers. I right? know, right? That's no, you're right. No, you're right. It's a very good point. If you know they're looking at the hard data, <laughs> yeah. as they would say, right? I mean, that's <laughs> but anyway, no, it's true. But you know, I'm, I, it's a, it's something that I've thought about, something that my wife has thought about, and I'm mm. happy. It's something that you've uh that you even think and based off of your work again you've i've just done this based off of anecdotes from other black mothers that mm. i've known you've worked with them right so the fact that you're saying it, i think carries some weight couple tips before we wrap up that you would give some mothers some black mothers to think about or that they would that should do 
Uh, or expecting mothers, I should say, even those who are planning or even in the process of getting pregnant. For I guess for those who are planning, tips I would give would be I guess just to educate yourself um, in terms of like what resources are out there, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's in like your community in mm-hmm. terms of like what supports you can get, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, like and then how to. Uh, educate yourself in terms of like childbirth education very good um because once you go to the hospital it gets like whether depending on where you give birth whether it's a hospital at home or the birthing center Mm -hmm. um things go fairly quickly from like what i've heard yeah and it gets just it goes and sometimes you don't have the voice to advocate yeah but if you have the information you can plan ahead to have the the right people to support you whether it's a doula or a support person or yeah. if you are you know do have a partner it's your partner and you yeah. equip them with the information too very good so okay. um i would highly recommend that everybody you know uh do yeah, that work do a, like a child education um course or like a prenatal class yeah 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 um and then so yeah so, so again knowing where your support is childbirth education course um and then just also just thinking about like financially as well um like if this is before you're having a child like thinking financially like what what is that going to look like because i think that's where it it gets really hard is of course financially yeah um and and then your overall mental health like are you in the space yeah to to do this yeah, right course. now like if that's something that um is hard right now then mm-hmm. take care of yourself mentally first yep because yep having a child does trigger a lot yeah um when you become a parent it might trigger when you were parented Very, and so ooh, like yeah, that's a all good those point. different things yeah. um come up and you're like okay now i have a little one and i'm thinking about when i was a little kid yeah, and like yeah. so it does bring up some stuff and i yeah. think that's also where the postpartum comes in as well so i guess looking i i know a holistic lens holistic lens um, yeah. of how you want to sort of go about having your um if you decide to have a a, uh, a child like yeah sort of think about your your, your choices and that. the decisions and so if it whether you're doing that by yourself or with a partner like think think about it okay together or if it's by yourself, think about who your community will be. Very good. Very um, good. And the same thing with somebody who's already expecting. All right. Um, yeah. Pencilia, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. I think those are very solid tips. I think you gave us some really rich information in terms of your experiences. I think you even did justice in being the voice for a lot of these black women who, as you said, have felt unheard mm. and have felt invisible and neglected, as the article said. So... Continue doing what you're doing. You're doing phenomenal work. I mean, this is something that the fact that you have a passion for just goes to show. I can only imagine the great work that you're doing with these mothers and probably how grateful they are to have you. Right. So thank you. No, you're very welcome. Thank you for coming on this podcast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This was uh, the episode on black maternal health. And we had Princilia Babwa, master of social work, uh, perinatal social worker. Uh, who gave us a very rich overview of the of some of the experiences of black mothers who are in the process of giving birth or who have given birth.
and you know how to help them and how to help our our community to help rally around the the, the givers of life the first people on this planet who helped birth nations right the first person on this planet was an african woman so we have to of course help nurture her children her female children so thank you for for tuning in this is rebuilding the black family podcast and we will see you next time all right like subscribe share please and thank you peace